And now, coming to you live from our coast-to-coast trading desk, this is the Flagship Pod, a weekly live podcast discussing the economy, the stock market, and all of the forces powering the world around you. As always, as host, this is recorded live in front of a Discord audience, as well as presented to you on our on various podcast apps. As always, I'm your host, Peter Star Northrop, bringing you this time just to really, you know, uh, a really solid discussion about last week. It's also looking to the week ahead. Obviously, it's been a tough week with everything going on. We ended up with two down weeks here in the market, which is completely understandable given all of the concerns we have about inflation and with a lot of tech stock losses is that the loss leader today was kind of weird it was banks actually so a lot to discuss in terms of like which banks are winning which banks are losing and why in an environment where rates are going up banks are seeing some shaky results as always audience i'm joined by our joined by justin kramer co-founder and chief analyst here at moby.co justin man what's good how's the end of the week treating you over on the east coast Good. Going into a holiday weekend is always nice, Mm -hmm. Um, but things like always are crazy. Crazy start to the new year, Um, but no complaints so far. How's it going with you? Going super well. I mean, obviously, it's a holiday weekend for me, too, just not for the same reason as you. The birds are in the playoffs. Philadelphia Eagles going down to Tampa Bay and losing spectacularly to Tom Brady. Can't wait. Going to be super sad. Um, That sort of thing. But otherwise, just, you know, trying to watch this market has been absolutely incredible. Beginning of the week, it really looked like that there was a little bit of a tech rally that was going to make it be an up week and we would have that straight up volatility. But thanks to banks today, we are, you know, two whole down weeks. And so I guess main thing to talk about, I want to do this in order. So like in order of things that happened. So this week kind of started off getting kneecapped immediately with the CPI coming out and with inflation being at about 7%. So Justin, just super fast, when we think about inflation, like same story as always, right? We just keep monitoring it. Is this is this level of CPI something that would like spook the Fed and make them raise rates or taper faster and thus spook the market? Or is it just going to still like, let's just stay volatile for a bit? I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, I don't think it'll happen just because it's supposed to happen so soon. The Fed has been talking about tapering and completely shutting down their program by come April. So obviously inflation 7% is is just insanity. But given it's already mid-January and they're talking about doing it a few months from now, I think I'd be a little surprised to see them actually go ahead and push that schedule up. Having said that, on the interest rate side, I could see them pushing it up. If it's if it's the, the reports coming on that strongly, at the end of the day, um, I think this is like to be expected in some capacity. Obviously, seven percent is pretty strong, um, but the Fed's going to take, you know, they for them signaling is almost more important than the actions saying they're going to raise interest rates. The market believing they're going to raise interest rates is just as important as them actually raising interest rates, and they have to do so very very cautiously. So yes, it's more possible than tapering that they do it early. But given like the stance on how they want to communicate and not spook the markets and cause such a, a down spike in the markets, um, I, I would still be a little surprised, but it's obviously Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that's it's really important to keep in mind, too. Like, this is not one of those things that's going to pressure the Fed. Like, 7% inflation technically happened in December. So it's not an event that's happening now, and it's not something that we're going to react strongly to. But the thing that's very interesting um, to me is the really surprising way the market reacted to this over the course of the week. First of all, you had tech stocks pop off. But uh, this week, on, on top of, like, leading off banks' earnings, we had JP Morgan leading the charge in terms of earnings calls, and also leading the charge in a kind of pretty significant sell-off, um, which is really bizarre because as a retail investor, I think interest rate goes up, bank revenue go up, bank stock go up. So do, uh, any any insight here, Justin, as to why banks, like right now at least, are kind of in a goofy place in terms of their like this weird little loss led by JP Morgan? Yeah, so I, we, we said this last week, we said this week before, stock selection is more important than ever. Um, last year, 
Um, really first half of last year and all of 2020, you know, tech stocks were hot. So if you picked a tech stock, likely was going to go up. Um, and just the general market like trended upwards ever since April of 2020. So now, again, stock selection is more important than ever. So not only do you need to get the sector right, but you also need to get the stock right. And so financials is a sector we've been calling for for a while now that we think is going to have a really good 2022. It also had a really good 2021 that we've been lucky to participate in. But stock selection, again, is important. So when you look specifically at financials, you see a JP Morgan talked about a lot of the headwinds that they'll be facing. And so the stock is down 6 to 7% today. But when you look across the other side of the street and you look at a stock that we recommend to Wells Fargo, it's actually up 3 to 5% today based on you know, the last price. But they had a lot more upside because of the way their price is suited and a lot more due to stock selection. So yes, they'll likely face some of the same headwinds and maybe when they report later, um, in the month, you know, they'll, they'll talk about potential headwinds as well, but their business is just so fundamentally different, even though they're both in the financial sector. So long story short, some financials are going to do well, some will do poorly. I think net positively financials will go up, but again, stock selection is really important than ever. And that's why we recommend our top three financial stocks for, uh, for 2022. I mean, we think those names are going to do well. And they're set up in a, a good environment for when rates start to go up that they can directly benefit. Exactly. And what's really exciting about that, too, is just, you know, um, have, having like those three kind of surgical picks and realizing that no matter what, the main thing you have to do during this time period is be more surgical. You can't just rely on those broad trends like in 2020, which is a lot when we when we look at our audience, a lot of folks really got serious about investing during that 2020 environment, because I mean, what else was anybody allowed to do at that time? Right. Um, so a lot of us have this sort of like mindset from a growth a heavy growth economy where like one trend kind of is like an ocean of rising uh, stock prices. So it's a good tech stock environment. It's a good growth stock environment. Every growth stock is going to go up no matter what. Whereas now you have to be very considered and surgical and find the value plays. And so audience, I'll have a link in the description to uh, Justin's actual post about our top three financials. Um, obviously, Wells Fargo looking pretty good and the other two looking pretty solid as well. But, you know, it remains to be seen. And that's essentially the week behind us. We can talk more about picks we made. We can talk more about, um, you know, the growth of all Alibaba and, you know, the, the TPG IPO. But I think what's really more exciting is to talk about the week ahead, actually, since we're right here on Friday. Rather than look back, you know, you guys already know the news. Let's look forward and see if we can't parse out what's going to happen. We're, at, we're, we're two for two in terms of down weeks. Is there any opportunity for next week to be an up week? Not that it really matters, but it's like the narrative we're going with, right? So I guess the main thing I want to know from your perspective here, Justin, is uh, what are the earnings calls you're watching? Are you watching anything outside of like Goldman and State Street? Is it mostly like a financials earning week or is there anything else I'm missing? Yeah, so financials is going to be a big part of this week. Uh, retail we're looking at as well. Uh, you and I were talking about this earlier, but and we've talked about this with the audience here for a while now, but retail sales is something that we've been really, really looking at um, because historically, and not to bore with the details, who the hell cares about retail sales, uh, but retail sales have always trended in line with income. So you make more money, you spend more money. I mean, it's just like how the world revolves. You get stuck in this income trap and you make more, so you want to spend more. It's just, it's human nature. So what we saw over the last year was that people started spending a lot more. It was due to partially the of COVID as well as stimulus checks and a, a handful of other reasons. But we identified that as a trend that had to break at some point. We didn't know when it would break. It's impossible to say, but we were thinking at least in the first half of 20. So when retail sales came back, um, they actually came back a lot lower than people were expecting, which I'm not going to say, you know, the line is broken. We're going to start trending 
negatively now, but it definitely could be the first part of what we were anticipating. And so a lot of the retail stocks within that that are going to be this week are things that we're looking at and, and seeing what they're seeing. Um, you saw Lululemon, you saw Nike, you saw some of these report earlier this year and in December. We're going to have to look at company by company and see how they're affected. It just all keeps coming into this play of, you know, stock selection is more important than ever. Just because one sector gets hit doesn't mean another stock will get hurt. Um, so that's kind of on the retail side. And then to your point on the financial side, there's a few different, or just on the other earnings side, there's a few different sectors. So the first one to your point is financials. Um, this is a big week for for financials. JP just reported uh, next week it's going to be Goldman. There's going to be a handful of other people, State Street, um, who are reporting. And so everyone is going to have a little bit of nuance to it. Um, we'll do the hard part, interpret, <laughs> interpret the results and let you know what we think. Um, we do that every week. So that part we can do, tell you what they mean. But this is going to be a big week where we get everyone's information at once. We need to process the financial side. So we'll see how that shakes out. We think it's going to be very similar to what's happened so far with Wells Fargo and kind of with J.P. Morgan so far. And I think one thing too... Yeah, I think one yeah, thing too. I was, uh, I was going on a little bit of a ramble there. No, you're, no, you're doing uh, that. That's awesome. I just one thing the audience was kind of asking me, what do you mean about retail sales? And audience, just one thing I want to I want to give you as well is that uh, the main report we received this week is that uh, retail sales overall are down. Obviously, it's Q1, so we expect them to be down relative to Q4. But the market was anticipating a 0.1 percent decrease in retail sales, and we saw based on the report a 1.9 percent decrease. So, I mean, you do you do that math there, folks. So, a kind of negative leading indicator that kind of plays into some various predictions that Justin's made in terms of retail sales, in terms of like, uh, now that like savings from stimulus have kind of run out, uh, what will happen to retail stocks? And so it's one of those things where like, keep that in mind as you think about adding retail to um, to your position, right? And it's the same deal here. So it's one of those things you have a big macro trend, but individual stocks will, you know, weather that better. Well, luxury, luxury will probably be impervious to that because luxury is impervious to anything, but how will sort of like the, the bigger players react to that? So keep that in mind, audience. Forgive me for just jumping in there, uh, Justin. Um, so when we're looking at like, we're looking at financials as well, we kind of get split between two weeks, which is totally fine. But I guess another thing too, um, we're also looking at healthcare really, really strongly next week, right? Like next week is a data dump. It's not quite fully earnings season, but it's really ramping up into full on earnings season. So when you're looking at healthcare too, I guess United Healthcare is also reporting earnings next week, right? Yeah. So United is a company we're looking at. Um, we wrote them up also. Maybe we can drop the link for everyone. Um, but we wrote them up as one of our top healthcare stocks. So Again, you. I think you coined this. Year, right? Boring is going to be companies that are going to do well, especially in a rising interest rate environment. So, not to get like too into the weeds, but healthcare is a massive sector we're looking at as kind of a theme for 2022 and as part of that healthcare services. United Healthcare plays really, really well into that um, with their uh, their subsidiary called Optum. Optum, um, at a high level, is a tech company. It's a services company. Um, and it's a pharmacy, and so that represents roughly fifty percent of United Healthcare's revenue, and it's a it's a massive like part of their overall success. So they're reporting this week. Kind of want to get an update um, based on what they're seeing trends in the market, like people returning back to doctors' offices, um, and we can see how services are playing out. Whatever they kind of signal, we're going to take as data for the rest of the environment, given they're just such a massive player in the industry. Um, so that's healthcare. And then this is a company we've been talking about for a year or two now, is Alcoa. Probably stock no one's ever heard of, but basically they are a massive aluminum producer. 
Um, and so we've been loving them over the last year or two because as prices have gone up, they've been able to sell their product for more. Uh, and ultimately, the stock, I think, is up over 100% um, in the last year. It's absolutely crushed. Um, so we're looking at Alcova specifically to get a better idea, get a better idea of inflation and hopefully try and use as much data as possible to get ahead of the next. So we can see, oh, is it going to be 7% higher? Is it going to be lower? Um, and then we can ultimately react. But like we've been saying for a while now, we think inflation is going to start peaking, you know, in the first half of this year, if not believe the, the second half of next year. Um, but with the Fed raising rates and all these things, these are all factors we're looking at. There's a, there's a lot of moving. Exactly, too. And I think that plays into another theme that people are thinking about as inflation goes up and as people think more and more about like this, this high inflation environment. And that's thinking about commodity prices. Is, is, is it one of those plays where the, the market kind of shifts into thinking more about commodities in an inflationary environment, considering that companies kind of take a hit on revenue? Is that an actual strategy people utilize? Or is that people just kind of like thinking, oh, no, I'm, I'm in media, I need to say something smart. So like just shift to commodities. Like, how do you think about that in, in, a, in, a, uh, in an inflationary environment? Because I'm seeing a lot of noise about that on the street yeah i mean it's definitely a mix so like there are a lot of companies that are going to be doing well com companies that are doing bad so like home builders are using like obviously wood is a massive part of building a home wood prices are going up like their margins they can only really pass on so many costs and so inflation has really been felt by the consumer companies trying to pass it on and not bear the increased expense they've luckily been able to do that i don't think they're going to be able to do that for much longer especially if you starts peaking and starts coming back down. But long story short, it helps some companies or ways that if you're going to more of the manufacturing wise well. Um, but again, you know, this is the theme here. Everything is on a case by just because high prices helps one manufacturer doesn't mean so understanding companies, understanding what's going on, it's more important than ever. Like there's a reason that like certain stocks are going up and we're seeing this volatility. It's like they're really starting to deviate in terms of who's doing well and who's doing bad versus Hey, we're just going to invest in a theme and everyone will go up. So it's something that like you need to be aware of and it's going to make investing hard, you know, it, it tough for a lot of people next year. Yeah. And, and that's something that's really important. It's, all, it's always one of those things like we only have 30 minutes to talk about this and basically only 25 given intros and outros and stuff. And so you have to really think surgically and be very considered in your investing. And so when we talk about these broad trends, it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, do this because we have to basically take half an hour uh, company by company breakdowns to make sure something's a good investment or not. And then when you're thinking about are there any IPOs you're looking to next week as well or is next week mostly just earnings season? Yeah, I mean, there are, IPOs are definitely going to be like so we talked about the TPG this week, which was a huge IPO about the private equity company that more or less just is handling some of the biggest deals out there, whether it's real estate, venture capital. That was a, a company we really liked. Um, they went public. And unlike a lot of IPOs, they, they actually went up after the initials like stockholders in the secondary market were able to get in. Um, so long story short, that's an IPO that we really liked and like will continue to like. JustWorks was a company we also liked. But given a lot of IPOs over the last year um, didn't do so well, I think almost 70 to 80% of IPOs ended up the year negative versus where they went public. JustWorks was a company that ended up pulling because it wasn't a favorable environment. Um, so I think IPOs are going to be a little bit, you know, sleepier in the in the first quarter than they usually are. Um, but it's definitely something we're keeping our eye on right now. I think earnings is really just going to tell the story for a lot of this. Um, this is a very pivotal time in the economy. We're looking at the markets almost transform overnight. Um, so while IPOs are obviously always important, earnings are going to really tell the story here going forward. 
Exactly. And that's why like you see a lot of very individualized picks from us as we move forward audience. And so so keep that in mind. We're excited about United Healthcare, specifically in the healthcare space because of how much they're owning the whole uh, customer lifecycle. Same reason why we're excited for CVS. Um, and so what, what you need to think about is as many different moats as possible. That's why last week we talked a lot about Microsoft. And Microsoft's been performing really well on the back of that report um, because they have so many different revenue streams, especially specifically so many pandemic-proof revenue streams. Obviously, the, the main thing people are thinking about is not necessarily the pandemic. We're thinking more about inflation and rates and everything else. While the pandemic is currently in another peak, um, that's not going to last. Um, if, it, if it pans out the way it did the last several peaks, we're, we're already at that peak, you know, kind of uh, nationwide in America and having it slide back down. And so one thing I'm excited for moving forward quarter by quarter is seeing if travel stocks can make that recovery. We're not going to see that now, but we're potentially seeing that, you know, um, uh, as we hit Q2, as we get into sort of the flat period of more of an endemic coronavirus situation. But keep that in mind. I guess one thing I'm seeing a lot from the audience as well, Justin, is um, we, we didn't get blindsided by retail sales, but people kind of forgot, like we were thinking more about the interest rate report coming out and retail sales kind of snuck in there real fast. Are there any major economic reports coming out next week that you're, you're keeping an eye out for? Or again, it's just we're talking earnings season, we're just talking those commodity prices, the focus on healthcare and uh, financials. Yeah, I think like exactly your point. We're we're looking very closely at earnings. We're looking very closely at um, financials. Any like surprise movements out of the Fed? Like these are are things we're going to be looking for. Next week starts off the week with MLK, so it's a little bit quiet there. Um, looking throughout there, we'll we'll look at job, jobless claims. That's always to see how the economy is doing. We're at pretty low unemployment, so not expecting anything there. We can look at building permits and housing starts to see if there's any slowdown in new construction. But I think these, from an economic perspective, are going to be a little bit, um, I don't want to say not as important, but a little bit slower and not going to be used um, nearly to the extent that we'll be using like upcoming indicators. Um, like when we talk about like the Fed talking about FOMC notes, um, talking about like the next inflation report, the next retail sales. Uh, more unemployment, like those are the numbers we're gonna be looking more at. So next week is, you know, long story shorter, a little bit quieter. And with that quiet, do you see with with the main theme that we're seeing, the main thing everyone's talking about, the fact that this is two for two, down week followed by down week, is one of those things where as things get a little bit quieter, we'll see potentially the market get get a chance to get that volatility back in, have a little bit of a recovery, have an up week, or is it one of those things where like since it's going to be so quiet and since earnings is the only real thing we're looking at, um, if we get a couple more kind of like mediocre moving forward earnings reports, this is one of those things where like you think week number three is also going to be a down week, or we're going to be kind of like just like down January period here. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, obviously, like, we're not we're not stock pickers in the sense that we're, we're sorry, we are stock pickers, we're not day traders. So I think for, you know, 90% of day traders are, are not making money in this environment. Um, day trading, predicting the market day to day is like, unless you're using algorithms, which we definitely do use. And um, I guess that's a little shameless ad plug for us for we are going to be building out a lot more of that function going using data science, building out algorithms to do a lot more like day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, even year-to-year predictions. Um, that's something where we are excited about getting going forward. I'm getting on a little bit of a tangent, but back to your question, um, just predicting daily movements, so much of it is led by news, which is obviously impossible to predict. It happens in real time that I'm very hesitant to say market's going to be up next week, market's going to be down. Having said that, there are a lot of positions that do look oversold. And if we have good earnings reports, like there's definitely a, a possibility of 
of a pop in the other direction. But as we say every single week, like we're long-term investors. And so if unless things are drastically changing or some new news comes out that fundamentally changes the way we think about the markets, then we're going to continue doing exactly what we're doing now and not letting like any weekly volatility get in our way. Precisely. And that's what the, that's one of those things about doing a podcast that gets kind of difficult to talk about, right? Because we want to talk about these long-term trends because we want to convince you, audience, to be a long-term investor. And so when we're thinking about playing that game and thinking about uh, being in that perspective, you have to understand, like, we talk th- we talk about things stock by stock and week over week, but we, we are not day traders and we are not stock pickers. We're simply trying to give you the best information you need to build that portfolio over time, build, like, have, have the best understanding of what fits within your own personal financial journey. But Justin, to get back into this, to get back into financials, this is jumping the gun a bit because I'm, I'm asking you a question about an earnings call that's not happening until February 9th. So we got a month of lead time here. But as we think about financials and we think about sort of the forces pushing financials up and down, one, one stock that's kind of a question mark is one that we talked about a lot way back in the day, a stock that's been up since we talked about it, but it's, you know, been down, um, I would say in the last, you know, since December to now, and that's SoFi. SoFi, you know, did a brilliant job right after we did our initial pick and our initial YouTube video about them, but since then has been kind of just being buffeted by market forces. And so just, just off the top of your head, how's like, when you, when you think about the same forces that are kind of hurting JP Morgan, but also allowing Wells Fargo to thrive with this, with the entire environment you see here, like, how do you think SoFi is going to, like, I'm not saying, Hey, how's an earnings call going to go, but how do you think SoFi can weather this particular situation? If you can put, if you can kind of speculate with me real fast for the sake of our audience. Yeah, totally. I mean, SoFi, unfortunately, like a lot of other tech stocks are just getting crushed because valuations are getting compressed in the marketplace. And for those of you who don't know what that means, like basically higher interest rates make companies like that are high growth companies less desirable, less valuable. It's because all of their, you know, future revenue is projected to be multiple years down the road, like the bulk of like what you're investing in. Like you're investing in Coca-Cola because they make money now. You're not investing in, you know, a small company now because they make a lot of money, you're, bet, you're investing in them because you think they're going to make a lot of money. So the reason I'm telling you this is because when you look at SoFi, they're making a lot of money now, but you're investing in them because you think they're going to make a ton of money down the road. And so all those future you know, revenues and cash flows, they all get discounted back into today's dollars. And so when rates are going up, those dollars are worth less and that's why the stock prices are going down because people don't want to pay as much for the stocks. And that's how we talk about valuation, what a stock should be worth. Um, stocks often trade in multiples, a multiple of revenue. So if, you know, if a stock is trading at 20 times revenue, 30 times revenue trades in pairs. And so what we see in tech right now is all of those multiples, all of those valuations just getting hurt. So even if you're a good company, like you know, nine out of 10 of them are just getting hurt because they're not in the right environment, which is it's tough to see, but we need to be aware of that as like macro investors. And so with SoFi, it's a long-winded way of me ultimately arriving at the point that they are falling pressure to the exact same headwinds that everyone else in their sector is. Um, On top of that, there is one thing specific to them that isn't playing well, and that's the rent moratorium. Um, And when I say rent, (laughs) I mean student loan. Um, But basically rent and student loan Uh, People didn't have to pay back because of COVID and a handful of other reasons. And so the student loan moratorium was students who didn't have to pay back their loans. Given that SoFi's business is so credit-led, they were waiting for this moratorium to end. People would have to start paying back their loans and ultimately can move to their platform. 
And so the thought was that the moratorium would end at the end of last year, um, if not in Q1, but it got pushed back. And so that immediately took all of their future cash flows and just pushed them back another quarter or two. From our perspective, obviously not a good thing, but it's inevitable. So for me, it just pushes it back and delays the inevitable. And so I think it's being oversold right now um, in conjunction with what's going on just across the tech space. So it's a it's a way of saying that I still really like the stock. It just unfortunately there were some, you know, plays there were some plays out here that they had no um no influence into and the government pushing back the moratorium even further is just something totally out of their control. So still love the company. Um if you bought it at a higher price, now is a great time to get it a little bit cheaper. Over the next several years, this is a stock we're going to be holding for sure and we definitely love it a lot. Exactly. And I think one thing too to keep keep this in mind as well, it's not only that um they're they're getting delayed because of the student loan moratorium, but other thing too, they are more way more easily buffeted right now since their bank charter has yet to be approved. So you might see a lot more stabilization once you see that bank charter approved. And I appreciate our audience pointing that out in the chat. Um it's one of those things as well that like the reason SoFi is getting hit is because the market clearly sees it more of a tech company than sort of like, you know, a bank and or a finance company. But as it sort of builds that Death Star around itself, we're going to see, uh, like you said, we're going to see it be able to take those kinds of punches way better and not drop as hard. So keep getting in on that. And then last question, just really, really forward looking here. We mentioned commodities before. We talked about Alcoa, which is more aluminum. We talked about wood as well. But one thing our audience has a huge, like is, is kind of got a nervous eye on is the fact that talks between the US and Russia didn't quite fall apart, but didn't really go anywhere this week. Um, and so one thing we're seeing, you know, uh, natural gas prices in Europe starting to spike again. And so are there any other commodities we should look into? Is there anything we should be considering in the energy sector, given that perhaps the uh, the energy crisis that's hitting Europe could, you know, get worse and also start cascading to America as we, you know, are in the depths of winter and kind of need oil right now? When you're thinking about commodity prices, is there anything else you should be watching in terms of that situation? Yeah, I mean, like, exactly your point. Like, there's there's a lot of geopolitical stuff going on that's affecting commodity prices, specifically in, like, the natural gas and, and oil field. So, I mean, like gas prices obviously are haven't gone up a ton specifically they're up like 20 percent in like a very short period of time so like could that roll over to america like 100 percent? i think for us like especially from a market perspective like so many companies now are making the transition over to like cleaner energy that i don't really foresee it being like a ding on certain companies to the extent that it is now it will hurt profit margins for a lot of companies that deal like in the logistics space um, or people who are reliant on like energy prices ultimately to do their business. And so it's definitely something that like UPS and like anyone who's like a freighter or, or people are going to have to pressure to. So, yeah, I think from a commodity perspective, like it's definitely something like we need to be like hyper aware of and hypersensitive of. Um, and then I think also like inputs into the clean energy process from a, a commodity perspective is, is super important as well. Looking at like lithium, cobalt, magnesium, all these like incumbent parts that you need to be putting inside of battery technology um the availability to get that cheap and like rare earths for um for semiconductors these are just like so many things that like investors aren't thinking about but have massive effects on companies or are things at all point we're we're taking a look at inflation is is going crazy across the world so you know it's it's not a, a hyper direct answer to your question but like yes long story short like energy could spill over um, and inflation is, is still very much a problem with a lot of these supply chains. Exactly. And that's the thing you have to keep in mind, audience. You have to keep in mind the idea of contagion. It's one thing to think about. It's 
human to only think about these issues in, in compartments because, you know, we think in boxes. That's how we do as people. But keep in mind that whereas the energy prices has cascading effects, falling retail sales can have cascading effects. And we're just kind of waiting for the first uh, retail stock to, like, have a bad earnings report to really start that domino effect as well. We're seeing a lot of these kind of moments here in this economy as, you know, January definitely is just the let's just take all of our punches at once month that's just going to keep happening year over year now, at least during, um, you know, during the inevitable peaks in coronavirus we get um, basically every year now. Fingers crossed not for next year, but Lord even knows. Either way, audience, thank you so much for asking so many awesome questions in voice chat. Um, Justin, we are right here. At the, we like to keep it at a tight 30s. So we are right here with like 30 seconds left. Any final thoughts for me before I go ahead and read the credits here? Otherwise, solid conversation, man. I'm really excited looking forward to the year. Let's get through this cold, cold January and into something way more awesome. No, I think um, I think as usual, we, we kept this pretty tight. We covered a lot of subjects in 30 minutes. Um, so if people have questions like Peter and I are, are around, we're going to be expanding the team pretty rapidly. Uh, we're small now. We're hoping to double to triple by year end. So expecting a lot more out of us. We have, um, for people listening, we have both of our apps rolling out either later this month or in February. So iOS and Android users definitely get excited for that. Um, we're going to be rolling out not just content for in the form of research, but rolling out like technology, looking at incremental things. Um, so we have a, just a lot of really exciting announcements. So we're we're very honored to have you guys listening today, whether it's on the live, Spotify, Apple, wherever you you know you get your content. We're going to be growing pretty rapidly, and so for the for the early adopters, which I'll call everyone, still even though we've grown a lot, uh, it means a lot to us. So we're we're just extremely thankful. Hell yeah, man. Great way to, to, to put a bow on it. And audience, again, I can't re reiterate that enough. Thank you so much for being here with us during these early days. I'm so excited to make this podcast not weekly, but at least bi-weekly up to daily. I'm really excited to show you everything we've been working on in terms of building more of a long-term health uh, perspective for your portfolio. But either way, audience, that's a great place to end it. So I thank you, thank you so much for your time, audience. As always, this podcast is produced, hosted, and voiced by me, Peter Star Northrop. All the awesome insight you, that came today came from our analysis team, specifically from Justin Kramer, our co-founder and chief analyst. Um, if you have any other questions for us, feel free to either D DM us here on Discord. If you're listening to this in a podcast app, you can feel free to email us at hello at mobile.co or join us over at Discord. If you want us to give, you want more analysis from us, this week we had a pretty solid video about Alibaba. You can find it over at youtube.com slash c slash mobiinvest. Uh, otherwise, audience, I really appreciate your time. And as always, I'd like to leave you with peace, love, and incremental gains. Everyone be well. Thank you so much.